The Senate Republicans revealed a top-secret health care bill yesterday, and not too many people are that thrilled with it as expected. Meanwhile, President Trump says something that comes directly off his mind, exactly what he feels, and tells the world that he doesn't want a poor person in his cabinet. He explains it, and it gets even worse. Meanwhile, a fitness blogger, a popular fitness blogger, is killed by an exploding whipped cream dispenser. Yes, that's a true story, and we have another even weirder story coming up as we go through all the conversations we had on yesterday. This is the Daily Recap Podcast for June twenty third, 2017. And welcome to the podcast. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne. I'm your host for this podcast and all the goings-ons that we have all day long, all week long, all the time via our website, thisisaconversation.com, and our social media sites attached to it. You can be a part of all the conversations, and we need you to be a part of the conversations, telling us which conversations, which topics, which ideas are the most important to you and the world, because you're part of that world, by going to Facebook and finding us at This Is A Conversation, going to Twitter, TH underscore conversation, and of course our main website, thisisaconversation.com. And all you have to do is just, as you see the stories pop by on your social media or every so often, stop by the website, interact with the stories, reply to the stories, comment on the stories, share the stories so that more people can see it and it spreads the word of what we have going on. Of course, make sure you're sharing along our social media links and our website so more people can join in on the conversation so we have even better, more diverse, bigger, and sometimes even more uh, ironic conversations, if you will. Now, let's go ahead and get into the conversations we had for yesterday. Yesterday was the 22nd of June. Uh, we started off with our very first conversation was on Prince Harry. A exclusive interview came out yesterday where Prince Harry talked about depression, kind of the life of being a royal and dealing with the loss of uh, his mother at a very young age and uh, her being a very famous person, him being a very famous person, having to go through all that and, of course, the pressures of being a royal. He gave a statement that, you know, may not be all that keen to his dad, saying that no one particularly is really all that keen on being king or queen, on ruling the nation, if you will. Now, he's saying that on behalf of himself, basically his brother and his wife and some of his cousins, the the dukes and duchesses in the family, but... I don't think he's really speaking for his dad, Prince Charles, who probably really, really, really would like to be king, even though it would cause would be based on the loss of his mother. Uh, but I think he really would like to be king of England, and I think he's been waiting quite a long time to make that happen. Well, waiting for that to happen, not doing anything to make it happen. I'm sorry, but that that was a very big slip of the tongue. We'll see how things roll along those lines. But uh, Prince uh, Harry basically saying that the whole thing about being king. Probably ain't all it's cracked up to be, and he, he's not that keen about being king one day. So he's happy to skip that role. Yesterday we had this information about a fitness blogger named Rebecca Berger out of France. She's a very big uh, Instagram uh, star, if you will, which will kind of lead you along the lines of where this is going. Um, so basically she's she posts a lot of pictures on Instagram, on the social media. A lot of people like her. A lot of people see the pictures and love the pictures. She also, because that's how these people sort of make money, features various products. People buy them because they see their, their famous Instagram blogger doing it. That, that's not a problem. But she took a photo uh, before she before the whole incident happened of a whipped cream dispenser. And apparently she was going to make something like a smoothie or a uh, frappuccino or something. And it was going to use this whipped cream dispenser. There's the, the professional kind. It's the kind you see 
at Starbucks where you put in the charge of CO2 and screw it together and it actually foams up the cream. Well, there was a flaw in the dispenser. It actually fired off the top and, and shot her in the chest, literally thumped her in the chest, and the impact caused her to have a heart attack. Yes, an exploding whipped cream dispenser fired off the um, tip into her chest, which caused her to go into cardiac arrest. She did not survive the incident. Of course, her family is saying, please beware of this dispenser type, and they say put all sorts of pictures of it on um, her social media to kind of go there, and there's plenty of mourning on social media. But it's one of the weirder stories of the day. We have one that's a little bit odder coming up. Uh, that's something as freakish as this happening. She just literally was trying to make something and put a little bit of cream on it, and the canister exploded, hit her in the chest, and she died from something like that. Now let's go ahead and do a double Trump. We had a couple stories on Trump splitting the day in half. Number one, the most important thing that happened, uh, which actually happened a little bit later, is that Donald Trump stated that he has no tapes or recordings of his conversations with Comey. He, of course, said a few days, about a week or so earlier, that the answer to the media that he had to that question, which he'd given a few days, would disappoint people, which I guess it does, except why didn't he just say, I don't have any tapes back then? His longer answer was actually, I don't, I do not know of any recordings done by anyone of our conversations, but I don't have any. Sure, there could be some out there, but I didn't make any. Why we had going through all this? Because he's Donald Trump, because he actually is a pretty good showman and salesman and knows how to string folks along for uh, a good tease. The problem is he's not selling uh, Trump steaks, Trump water, Trump the board game, Trump books, Trump hotels, Trump casinos, Trump golf courses, or even the Celebrity Apprentice. He's sort of selling America or Americans on him being the leader of America. And right now, in my opinion, he's not doing a very good sell. This made it even worse. Earlier in the day, he had a, a, spe- a speech, or it might have been the day before, but he had a speech where Trump said that he doesn't want a poor person in his cabinet. He literally said he doesn't want poor people in his cabinet. He's defending uh, the billionaires and very, very rich people that are put in these positions. A lot of them were very puzzling because they're not sure exactly their qualifications. A big name that came up, of course, Betsy DeVos who, by the way, won the vote in an unofficial New York Times poll on being the worst member of the cabinet. But Betsy DeVos uh, is just one example. But a lot of these people that are in the cabinet are billionaires who really are just kind of, back in the day, would just kind of get ambassadorships so and go hang out for someplace. Now they're giving actual roles in the government that people work their lives with to try to get in these positions that don't make that much money in a regular job. And it's puzzling why billionaires are taking these government jobs but they're taking them anyway. Trump says he doesn't want poor people in the cabinet because he likes poor people. Poor people are fine. But obviously rich people have done so much better in getting business done and taking care of things and knowing how to lead and and become things that he wants the best people in the best positions. Not necessarily the most qualified people or the people with the most you know, experience, but people who just did something good somewhere. So assuming that will translate someplace else. Those are his words, not mine. Now, the Senate Republicans uh, came out with their top super secret health care bill yesterday, and it includes, from what we see so far, huge tax cuts and Medicaid rollbacks. Now, what it actually is, is not that different from the House bill, 
the House bill that Donald Trump praised when it came through and then called it mean when it was time for the Senate to make their bill. There'll have to be some ratification and put the two bills together so that it becomes one full law for Trump care. But as it speaks, this bill, pretty much as bad as the other one, uh, you, you can say you know, some things aren't quite as heavy-handed, but some things are even more heavy-handed. We'll see how this thing goes down. Now, the big problem they had was they had to have a bill that could pass. They need 52 votes to get it passed. They can't lose any votes to get it done. And it has to sit along the lines of both the very hard conservatives and the moderates in the center-ish of, of the debate who are more keen to being you know, nicer to the sick people. Of course, 23 million people will instantly be cut from the rolls of insurance when any of these things go down because the big chopping block on this is essentially covering people. And you cut the taxes that go, the funding goes into it, you can't fund the whole thing in general. That's sort of how things work. You have to have enough money to fund it or things get cut. And since they're not putting enough money in to fund certain things, things are getting cut. We'll see how well they work this thing out. The 4th of July recess, of course, in a week or about a little over a week. So we'll see if this thing is done before the recess or it gets kicked back into after the next session. Now, an audit shows that 1.4 million illegals are working on their stolen Social Security numbers. This is something that uh, is not necessarily a new thing, but uh, it's it, it, the audit that has shown that there's that many Social Security numbers going around and people are using them. It doesn't say particularly who they are or how they got them or if they're a particular target. This also doesn't go to fill Donald Trump's big um, 3 million uh, legal votes things either. Uh, it just says that there are people in the states who are here illegally, which we know a 1.4 million out of 33 million is uh, a good chunk of people, but not a widespread panic of people who are working under this sting. Americans love crime or true crime stories, things that are ripped from the headlines, if you will. And if they're embellished, that's great. But if they're the actual crime, Americans really love and eat up those stories. One very popular story on Netflix is Making a Murder, which follows Brendan Dacey's conviction. Now, something really odd happens with some of these true crimes, true crime stories. Uh, a lot of people get into the new story or the documentary style retelling of a story and the stories don't necessarily change, but the views of the people looking at them may cause the people who are in charge of running investigations to rethink things. A lot of times, because back in the day, back when things were going through, things were rushed, things weren't as thorough, things were sometimes forced or coerced. And that's the case here with Brendan Dacey's conviction. A judge court upholds the decision to overturn, overturn the conviction of Brendan Dacey. Uh, because he seemed like he was coerced into that whole uh, confession. Uh, so because of a TV show, essentially, uh, years after the fact, there's another case of someone else going free after a conviction for something they may have done uh, on different terms or, of course, may have not done. They're, they're saying not so much that he is innocent, but that his actual conviction was coerced and pushed into uh, based on being coerced by family in this one. Now, if you're up uh, relatively relatively early, actually, uh, watching the NBA draft, doesn't go quite as long. It's not a three-day deal. It's just two, uh, one night, a couple of hours uh, for the NBA draft. You got to see uh, Fultz, Ball, and Tatum go one, two, three to the 76ers the Lakers, and the Celtics in that order. Now, this is the 
second year uh, in a row that we've had the one, two, three picks be the same teams. And this is um, um, the, I guess, the zillionth year in a row the 76ers has picked one of the top picks because they've been stacking draft picks. But we're going to see these young men, these new young millionaires, and see how well they can perform on the court fairly soon. The big story, I guess, of the whole issue is the number two pick and Lonzo Ball. Not that he's wasn't good enough to be a number one pick. The big deal with this was Lonzo Ball's father, who is um, a loudmouth, uh, has been touting his son's praises since he was maybe six or seven years old, essentially saying that, that he was destined to be on the Lakers, and now his two little brothers have to find a way to get on the Lakers fairly soon as well. Lonzo Ball, of course, a freshman at UCLA, and then on to the Lakers, a hometown kid, and we'll see how well these kids do in the upcoming season. It's not a bad place to play, although... Boston's not a bad place to play yet since they almost had a chance to go to the finals this season. And the 76ers have a lot of great talent that a lot of people are waiting for them to, you know, evolve. We'll see uh, how your draft picked from your team does next season as well. Okay, this is the other odd story. I, I snuck it in fairly late because I saw it and this had to get in there. Didn't get a lot of response uh, because it was so late, but got a good fair bit of eyeballs. A man was convicted of stabbing the man, another man to death after a quote-unquote SpongeBob dispute. Here's what happened. Two men are sitting around on a porch just talking things out. Uh, one of the men's um, baby's mamas, for lack of a better term, is, um, is there to witness the back and forth when the one man tells the other man he looks like SpongeBob SquarePants. That makes the other man not happy. So he stabs him, or at least they get into a scuffle with a knife, and he's stabbed in the process. Not sure exactly how bad the wounds are, so they go away. The man with the knife drives off, throws a knife in the river, keeps on going. The man who was stabbed, but not sure how hard he was stabbed, walks off, ends up going to a park and dying in the park overnight. Because it was witnessed by another person, we have a full account of what goes on, and the man who looked like SpongeBob SquarePants, who stabbed the other man for saying it, is going to jail. And our very first story for this morning, it's a very kind of sad story, especially for animals lovers like myself. I'm a person who wishes I could have a dog, but my wife is allergic, and we really don't have the space uh, with the way the house is situated right now with my daughter and all her stuff. But Hamas is banning dog walking in the Gaza Strip. One of the things that makes a lot of people in a very poor area of the world, the Gaza Strip, happy is the fact that they can own dogs and they can walk dogs in public, in the streets, in the markets, and be, you know, proud of their dogs. It's a thing that's been growing over the past decade or so of people owning dogs and having that. But Hamas is cutting down on that. They're banning people from walking their dogs in that area. There's kind of a twofold um, issue on that. The big issue, a big public issue, is the fact that there are apparently a lot of people who are scared of people walking their dogs. Uh, lots of complaints from women and children about being afraid of the dogs being walked around in public. The other issue is Hamas itself. Hamas, is their religious bent sees the animals as unclean and un, unreligious. And so walking around with these domesticated animals is not necessarily falling in line with a pure religious bent. So Hamas is trying to curb that by not letting people walk around with them and parade them around. 
They have not banned the pets. They're just so far banning walking them around the Gaza Strip. They're free to walk in their yards as much as they want to. And those are the stories for today, or for yesterday, I should say, uh, today being the, the podcast for June 23rd, 2017. Now, we're going to turn this off, turn things around, and start to record for the weekend in just a bit. Where we'll go through the top 10 and then some other ones there, and we'll sooner or later get that interview section put into the podcast, I promise. But hopefully you enjoyed what we talked about yesterday. Hopefully you are all interacting. And make sure you're interacting with the stories we have for today, this Friday, and Saturday and Sunday. Come Monday, we're going to recap three days worth of stories. So we'll have about the same amount of stories spread over the day. We do not get as as posty, which if that's a real term, uh, because it is the weekend. But we make sure we get in the big stories, the top stories, the breaking news type stories, and, of course, some quirky things that come out on the weekend. Because a lot of times they drop stories on the weekend on purpose so that people think they get missed, but they get caught anyway. You can contribute to the whole shebang, the weekend coming up for Monday's recap. Recaps all week long, and of course, the weekend whole wrap-up of the full week by just interacting with us on social media. When we post a story, you like it, you share it, you send it, you reply to it, you uh, write more stuff about it, you hashtag it, uh, do what you can to interact, and that lets us know which ones you guys are paying attention to. On Twitter, TH underscore conversation. On Facebook, this is a conversation. And this is a conversation.com. Stop by our website for more great features and to sign up for our conversation survey panel. It's a special panel where if you want to be in for more in-depth surveys, more in-depth information from you, uh, you fill out a survey. It gives us the ideas of what sort of topics you're into. And if we get surveys from other companies, other entities looking for information, we will send them to you. You don't have to get take a qualifier. You don't have to take any sort of jump through the hoops when you get one. We send you a link directly to the survey. You tell it. You tell us what you want to tell us about it. Fill it out, and we will pay you directly through PayPal. It won't get you rich by any means, but it's one way to know that your conversations really do matter. Your opinions are being heard, and somebody's making sure that you feel pretty good for that. You can do that by going to thisisaconversation.com slash survey panel. So this time, I'm just going to say thank you once. Thank you for being a part of all our conversations, doing what you can to join us in the whole shebang, uh, talking about the big important topics, and sometimes people being uh, stabbed by because they look like SpongeBob. Those things sort of happen, apparently. Uh, But thank you for being a part of what's going on, and thank you for helping us keep this thing going. If you want to see some other projects I have going on, check out my website, jclevenpain.net. And, of course, be here for tomorrow where we'll have the weekend wrap-up podcast. You'll see which stories were the big for the full seven days past. I'll be here on Monday where we'll talk about the three biggest days of the week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and what stories to try to sneak into while you were out there partying and having some fun time. And, of course, every single day for the podcast and in the conversation on social media via Twitter, Facebook, and the website, this is the conversation. Okay.